0: Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank, coming to you live from Bentonville, Arkansas, on this very cool morning, only in the high 30s here in Arkansas. Hope all of you are doing well. Unfortunately, we start off the show, which unfortunately has been common the last couple of days, with some sad news out of the sports world. Uh, yesterday, it was Tavares Jackson. Today, we report to you some very sad news out of the NBA that Carl Anthony Towns, his mom, has passed away from the COVID-19 Epidemic. That's Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. His mother has passed away. We are sending all our prayers out to him and his family today. In other news, we have some breaking news. Um, actually, it just came down the pipe as we were coming on the show that. Chip Ganassi Racing has fired NASCAR star driver Kyle Lawson after his use of a Rachel Slur during a virtual race. Now, this was a topic I was going to talk about a little bit later in the show, but since the breaking news has just come down, we're going to alter our program schedule and get to it right, right now. And it's something that bothers me and has always bothered me. And, you know, every individual is different. But good, good, good that they fired him. Not only should they fire him, he should not be allowed back in NASCAR ever, ever, ever again. There is no place for racism besides in sports in this world. We are never, ever going to get this racism situation down to where we needed to go and to get rid of it if we keep allowing idiots like this in our sports. Never, never, never. We don't need these people in society. And if you have not heard, it was a virtual race and supposedly... They thought, or Kyle thought, the taping was over, it wasn't going on, and he used the N-word. Well, I don't care if the tape's going on or not. If you'll use that word when the tape is off... You'll use that word anytime. It doesn't make you a better person if you use it off the air than on the air. You're still a jerk for using the word no matter what. There's no place in society for racism. I don't care if you're white, black, Jewish, Gentile, Protestant, Catholic, from Asia, from Dominican Republic, there is no excuse for racism. And people that continue to be racist need to get severe penalties. Is him ever racing again severe enough? No. I don't want to say on the air what I think should be done with the idiot. But anytime, race it, it just nauseates me how people do not realize that we are all human beings. If you take the color of our skin off us, the ethnic backgrounds, the religion, underneath our skin, everything is the same. That we are just human beings and we are now in what? The year 2020 and we're still We're still battling this racism issue. I I don't understand it. I completely do not understand how this keeps going on. And there needs to be severe penalties. Anybody in any professional sports should be kicked out of their sports and never, ever allowed to participate again. That's my feeling on that. So once again, if you're just hearing it, Kyle Lawson has been fired by the Giannassi team and will no longer be a driver in NASCAR. Good job, guys. In other news, the WWE. You know, this guy in Florida, I guess the governor's name is DeSantos or DeSantis. Uh, I don't understand him. You know, you got me on a roll now. Okay, once you get me pissed off, you know this is going to be a good show. And what are they doing down in Florida? The WWE, the governor, has issued it an essential job. Say what? That's right. You heard me right. You're not, your ears are fine. Wrestling is an essential job. Now I have no way to understand how they can call this an essential job. I looked up what the word essential job means. And especially with the COVID-19 epidemic going on, this is the definition, a Google definition. An essential business are ones that the public rely on in their day-to-day life. Their day-to-day life. Okay, do we rely on wrestling in our day-to-day life? I may be stupid, but I don't. Now, this includes essential jobs, banks, hospitals, supermarkets, pharmacy, gas stations, post office, and things to that like. They carry supplies that are necessary for survival. Both in the long and short term. Those are essential jobs. Non-essential businesses are those that people frequent for pleasure. Like gyms, bars, restaurants, movies, entertainment, those things in general. Now, I may not be the brightest crayon in the box, but wouldn't wrestling be considered a non-essential business? And I just can't believe that the governor is allowing wrestling to go on because... They feel that it's an essential job. Now, we have a tape that came out of Orange County, Florida, from Mayor Demings, and he's talking about what's going on with the WWE and why they're allowing the tapings. Let's, let's try to... Listen in, why Orange County is trying to explain the WWE.
1: WWE, which is taping their shows here in town, announced last night they had one of their, I believe is an on-stage performer, test positive. Are you aware, are they deemed an essential business, or did
2: they get a special exemption to stay open, or are you aware of how they're able to? I think initially there was... Um, a review that was done and they were not essentially deemed, they were not initially deemed an essential business. With some conversation with the, the governor's office re- regarding the governor's order, they were deemed an essential business and so therefore they were allowed uh, to remain open. Uh, in terms of the specifics associated with the wrestler, who, uh, our personality who Tested positive. I I don't know any of the details of that, obviously, because of uh, HIPAA laws, et cetera. I don't know that. But, you know, that's like a little family, a small family of uh, professional athletes uh, that wrestle. And, uh, you know, if if one of uh, my family members tested positive in my house, uh, that would be concerning to me. You know, we would have to. Uh, make some provisions in my house to make sure that the rest of us not get infected. And so I would assume that from a business perspective, the WWE is doing that type of uh, analysis of its own family.
0: Okay, to me, that doesn't make sense. You just said that a person who is a member of the WWE contracted the coronavirus. Why the heck would you allow them to go on? You just said mayor He just said that if it was one of his families. He would try to find different ways to handle the situation. And you know, hey, we are all we are all looking forward to getting sports back. I think all of us sports fans that have not had The opportunity over the last 34 days to watch sports was starting to go a little crazy here. Um, We understand why. We, uh, you know, we understand the risk. But, you know, the WWE and the governor and the mayors that are allowing this to go on For those reasons, look, if they would have said the curve is going down, we think it's okay for you to do live taping, I'm fine with that. I would love to see sports, but for you to say that the WWE is an essential business just is ludicrous. I I can't think of any other words. It's just completely crazy. We'll be back right after this message. People that make great decisions in their life. You don't want to be around
3: people that have that loser's mentality. You want to be around people that have that winner's mentality. It becomes contagious. It rubs off on you. So remember this. Make good decisions on the people you associate with. The people that become part of your life, become part of your future. Bottom line is, it goes a long way. You surround yourself with good people, man. It rubs off, and it helps you develop some good, positive attitude.
0: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. I want to remind you all that if you have any comments, thoughts, questions that you would like me to discuss on this podcast, you can reach me at my email at Franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. You can also reach me at my Twitter page. Please follow me on Twitter at Larry Frankis. You can also go to my Facebook page, Frankly Speaking, Arrow down, you'll see my face, and you'll see podcasts with a picture of a baseball stadium. So plenty of different ways. Also, right here at the end of this podcast, we have a link that you can leave a voice message and we will play it on our podcast. Um, You know, we talked earlier on the show and it just seems, you know, as much as we try to be positive, more negative news comes out. And we got some breaking news Uh, right now from the New York Yankees, that Hank Steinbrenner, that's Hank Steinbrenner, the Yankees co-owner and the oldest son of George Steinbrenner, is dead at age 63. Once again, Hank Steinbrenner, the Yankees co-owner and eldest son of George Steinbrenner, is dead at 63. As we get more news, we will let you know. So just some more sad news about another passing out of professional sports. As we get back into our program here, I want to talk about some NFL news that had come down uh, yesterday. And, you know, two big, big points that came out yesterday from the NFL. First of all, the Carolina Panthers. They have extended the contract of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I believe it was four years extension at $64 million, which pays him an, uh, basically $16 million a year extension. He is now the highest paid running back per one-year deal in the NFL, breaking Ezekiel Elliott's uh, salary. Now, those of you know Christian Mahaffrey, he's been in the league roughly three or four years. In his first three years, first three years, listen to this. He is the only player to rush for 2,500 yards and to have 2,500 yards receiving. Incredible, incredible talent. It's the right decision and the right move. For the Carolina Panthers. So once again, Christian McCaffrey has been locked up for another four years with the Carolina Panthers. The other thing I wanted to get into was the NFL announced yesterday an off-season program to begin on April 20th. And, you know, we've talked about Roger Goodell and how he's really, really, you know, when you look at everything he's trying to do with the NFL draft continuing to go on next week, doing it virtually, and all the things that he's implementing despite of the COVID-19, the guy is really, really thinking, very imaginative. And I give him a lot of credit to try... To try because you're not going to be able to live normally right now. But he's doing everything in his power to ease the burden of everything that is going on right now in this world. And I give him a lot of credit. And this is basically what's going to happen. The NFL and the Players Union, they agreed to a virtual offseason program. That will provide the chance for classroom instruction, workouts, and non-football education programs while team facilities remain closed. I repeat, team facilities will remain closed during this coronavirus pandemic. Teams would be allowed to resume in-person off-season workout programs, including on-the-field activities only when and if all facilities are able to open. So basically what they're saying is if there is one state that is not allowing a facility to open, then none of them will open. It's all or none when you open these in f- these uh, facilities. The programs can be- begin on April 20th for teams with new head coaches, and then on April 27th for those incumbent coaches. The program is voluntary for players, but if they participate, they can earn their off-season workout bonuses as stipulated in their contract. No team is required to participate in the first part of the program, which would run from April 20th through May 15th. Teams can opt only for online classroom instruction instead of also having virtual workouts. Teams are allowed to provide players with up to $1,500 worth of workout equipment for virtual workouts. So basically they're able to do their workout programs now and they'll do it virtually. Once again, the commissioner of the NFL is using different ways and different technology to allow these players to get in football shape. Now, none of us are doctors. None of us knows what's going to happen. But a lot of people that I am talking to, a lot of the sources that I have, they honestly believe there will be an NFL football season. So I'm hoping and praying that there is, you know, obviously the most important thing is that, you know, we get over this pandemic and that people are not at risk of losing their lives as we are losing so many people day after day right now. We'll be back right after this message.
3: Party, let's go. Here comes. Swing a line, drive down the left field line, towards the corner. This one. It's gone! It's gone! Evan Ogoria has just hit the Rays to the American League wild card. The Rays are out of the dugout, and the roof of Tropicana Field's gonna blow off. The Tampa Bay Rays, miracle upon miracle, have just won the American League wild card for the first
0: time. And they can celebrate now, all across Tampa Bay. Oh my God, what a memory that was. Game 162. I believe the Rays were down like 7 to nothing in that game. I'm watching that game, and I think it's over. And I got to be honest with you. On that night, it was going crazy. I believe it was the Orioles were playing. I don't know if it was the Indians, uh, but the Orioles had a win, and the Rays had a win, and I was dozing off. And I woke up for that inning. I got to see, you know, us get the w- the Orioles get the win, and then of course the dramatic home run. We come back from being down all those runs, and I think that was Longoria's second home run of the game. Boy, do I mean I do miss baseball. You know, it's 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 the greatest time of year. I remember so many games going to from playoff games uh, to opening days, whether they went Tropicana Field, I've been to Fenway Park, uh just just some unbelievable memories. And you know, I really can't wait till the season comes back. Once again, there is talk. There is a lot going on right now in the commissioner's office between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. They want to get back on the field as soon as possible. And right now, and I had reported this about two weeks ago, and it still looks like they're targeting that end of May date. Um A lot of it's going to be based on the curve. It seems like in different states, the epidemic in some states has reached the curve where it's going on downward slide. And for example, here in Arkansas, where I live, they still say it has a couple of weeks before it hits the downward curve. So a lot of that's going to be based on each specific city, what's going on, but You know, I wanted to keep baseball going on this podcast as much as possible. And we had the opportunity through MLB Network to catch up with Indians uh, pitching coach, Carl Willis. And one of the questions that asked him is, how do you keep your pitching staff going during this time of uncertainty? And let's hear what he has to say. We are still with you. We're getting that tape right now for you.
3: Not being able to have a, a date set in stone, um, I think it, it, it's just so foreign to us um, as, as athletes and coaches. Um, that that's what is is the challenge um you know we're asking our pitchers and i'll have to tell you our guys have done a tremendous tremendous job of keeping their arms moving and and at the same time we have stressed to them listen you know you have to abide by you know the guidelines that are set in place by local and state and 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 federal governments um you know social distancing, um, you know, we have guys throwing in nets in their backyards, we have guys throwing against the, the side of the house, uh, we have guys, you know, doing work strictly with weighted balls, um, but, you know, uh, we're fortunate uh, with the Indians that we have guys uh, on our club that are very accountable, they have a passion for the game, they want to do well, and, uh, and they want to be prepared.
0: That was Carl Willis um, of the Cleveland Indians, the pitching coach of the Cleveland Indians. So now that you've heard from the pitching coach of the Indians, let's see what a pitcher like of the Houston Astros, Lance McCullers, had to say.
1: It's a little frustrating, uh, personally. Um, you know, I, I did, I had to wait a long time to, uh, and put a lot of work in to get to that point in spring training where, um, you know, all the all the boxes were kind of checked, all the question marks were gone. I knew that I was going to be ready to roll and, and be able to um, step up for our team. And then, you know, th- th- this uh, worldwide pandemic hit. And, you know, sometimes there are just uh, things, obviously, that take precedent and uh, making sure that, um, you know, we try to save as many lives as possible and, and and knock this virus out as, as, as soon as possible. Definitely um it, it, it's that time and um I'm I'm continuing to work out I'm continuing to throw um I've had to I've had to work you know extremely hard with with no guarantee of, of anything on the other side and um so it's nothing new to me and I'm just going to continue um keeping my body and my mind right um so like I said hopefully we get to uh, we get to play that uh, some sort of season this year
0: That was Lance McCullers of the Houston Astros. And, you know, it's got to really, really be tough on pitchers. Uh, You know, I think the hitters, and anyone that knows baseball will know this, the hitters are going to come back. It's going to take them maybe a week, maybe a week, as they see live pitching to get back into baseball shape. You know, these pitchers are throwing. And you'll hear many coaches say, and many coaches that we've had on this program They'll say there's a difference between being in shape and being in baseball shape. Right now, the pitchers are staying in shape. They're trying to keep their arms loose. They're throwing as much as they can out wherever, whatever place they're at. Most of them, I would assume, their house. Um, you know, if they have someone to throw with that can catch the baseball as hard as they can throw it, um, but. Situational baseball. Um what pitch are you throwing here? What sequence are you throwing this? Getting that communication down with your catcher, just knowing uh you know, getting that arm where you can throw instead of throwing you know that 20 pitches, you can work your way up to 70. 80, 90, even 100 pitches, working that arm into game shape. It's just so, so important so that these pitches, you know, they don't come back and they don't get injuries because they're trying to do so much so fast. Also, there's a difference between high-pressure situations and low-pressure situations. There's no pressure on you when you throw at home. No pressure on you when you necessarily throw in spring training. Yes, you have exhibition games. Yes, you may have some situations, but a lot of these players, they want to win, but preseason is more. Of a formality to get your timing down, your arm stronger, your situational baseball together, and I think that's the piece that is going to really be hard because now what you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of these pitches that can't go as far, especially at the beginning when baseball does start back up. Um, you're going to have to remember you got the minimum unless they change that. That. Once a pitcher comes in, they have to face a minimum now of three batters. Uh, So there's just so much more involved when these pitchers come back than just throwing a baseball. So we got to hear from a pitching coach. We got to hear from Lance McCullough's The Pitcher. I also wanted to give you a mix of what, you know, an everyday player is feeling during this epidemic Let's talk to Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants.
4: Actual baseball work uh, is probably the, the toughest thing right now. Um, just not being able to go into our facility or, you know, have somebody throw to you or play catch with you. Um, I have played catch a few times with, with uh, my brother-in-laws, a couple of my brother-in-laws that live out here in Arizona. Um and taking some some like dry swings, but, uh, but that's about it. it it's tough to, to get the actual baseball work in. I have done some like home workouts and, and plenty of cardio and stuff like that to to kind of stay in, in physical shape. It's been, it's been fun to, to kind of do some of these brackets. I actually had a uh, favorite Giants player bracket right before this one also. It's been fun, it, it kind of keeps uh, fans engaged, and uh, it's been fun kind of interacting with them. I kept the dates to uh, when I was a fan, also, so I went from 1990 okay. to 2009. So I, I didn't include myself in that. Buster snuck in there in 2009 and actually took the whole thing. He won.
0: So, that was Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants, and you know, I really cannot wait till baseball gets back with sports in general. You know, this... These virtual games, uh, the show, and all these things that um, these players are doing right now that people might be watching on TV, it's just not the same to me. You know, yes, I love watching some games from back in the past, like we just heard a clip a little while ago about Longoria's home run. Uh, Those are fun things, you know. I, I like replaying some of that. I can only watch, you know the best Major League Baseball ejections and brawls so many times before I say, please, let's get baseball back. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I want to remind you all that this Thursday, not tomorrow, but the next day, Veda Pinson III will be joining us live on Frankly speaking to talk about his dad's baseball career. His dad was a player for the Cincinnati Reds back in the 60s, a great great outfielder, great speed, two-time gold glove award winner, just a great great athlete. So we're going to talk to um his son a little bit and find out about the history of Vada Pinson. It is a show you do not want to miss. Want to remind all of you that you can contact us. We like to have as much interaction on this show as possible. The more you get involved, the more we have to talk about. Especially during these real challenging times when we don't have any sports going on in the world. So please contact us at Frankly Speaking five two eight. At gmail.com. Go to our Twitter account. Follow us. I want to see a bunch of followers. Don't just listen here. Follow me on Twitter at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. Go to Facebook. Type in Frankly Speaking. Look for my beautiful face. And also, you'll see a list of podcasts that you can continue to play. We had a great show yesterday, if you missed it. Al Keck, the two-time Emmy Award winning... A sportscaster from Tampa Bay who's been doing sports there for over 30 years. We also had Rob Thompson on the show. He's the owner and operator of Crew Life and has a Buccaneer fan page and podcast. Terrific show. I watch it all the time. You got to listen to yesterday's. Having guests on the show is what we want. And we're going to continue to try to get guests as much as possible we also have here a page where you can donate to keep us updating our equipment our sound getting these guests on uh you know down the road i would love to donate money to charities but that's all depending on how big we can get and right now we are getting bigger and bigger and bigger last week We had over 2,000 people view some of our posts on our family, on our frankly speaking Facebook page. Incredible. We want to keep growing. Don't just like us, listen to us and follow us. We are getting bigger and bigger by the day. And I promise you, we will continue to provide you with the most updated sports information and interviews that we can possibly do tomorrow's wednesday looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow at least listening and hearing from you all once again if you have any comments questions concerns you know how to get in touch with us god bless you all and stay safe